save the king! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save King. I'm your host, Anne Gripper. And Russell Myers, Royal Editor at The Daily Mirror, is back with us once again. Russell, how are you doing? I'm very well. Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Uh, we've seen a lot of William and Kate and family out and about over the last few days. So that will be a big part of our show today. And I also caught up with Greg Martin, a fabulous photographer down in Cornwall, who was out and about with Charles and Camilla when they visited the duchy. No longer their duchy anymore, but when they went and visited last week. Um, so lovely to catch up with him. And um, Russell, I hope you give your photographer colleagues the respect they deserve for doing um, doing what lady ballroom dancers do and doing so much of their work backwards as they have to walk backwards <laughs> taking photos of people. I do th- sometimes think that whenever I see, you know, two people talking on a TV, you know, one of those interview shows and the ca- they're obviously moving towards the camera and thinking, how on earth is that happening? It must be quite disorientating. But yes, always give a maximum respect to the photographers like our uh, like our good friend Ian Vogler. Shout out to him. Absolutely. But let's start with Wimbledon. Um, fantastic finals over the weekend and lovely. To, well, Kate went to both days and then she brought the whole family on Sunday. Uh, people, I think, particularly enjoyed Catching, catching William's face as Kate looked quite giddy to be meeting James Norton. I don't know. I don't know which order the introductions went in, but whether he, whether William said, "Actually, I'll I'll go take George over to meet Daniel Craig." You're all right, Kate. You can stay there. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, when uh, I thought, you know, obviously a family affair this year when we first time um, Princess Charlotte had been. I, had Prince George been before? I thought this was his. No, he went last year. Yeah, so then, uh, yeah, I thought I can't, I can't remember whether it was last year or the year before. And then, um, so yeah, first time for uh, Princess Charlotte. But I mean, what a final to have watched, right? It was one for the ages. I mean, certainly a new king in town with Carlos Alcaraz. We oh. fought for in a bit hour match. It was uh, maybe even longer. I see it was uh, a perfect segue. Perfect segue. But it was super, super match. Play to them for sitting down and just enjoying the match i suppose when you've got the best seat in the house it's probably a bit easier isn't it but you know i'm up and be up and down for yo-yo getting a drink going to the toilet you know getting a bit excited but you know they stayed and uh, they stayed and watched the whole match and they looked like they really enjoyed it like the kids were cheering and celebrating and all of it it was i don't know they were you know they're on show but they're not on show they're able to just be it feels like they can be themselves and william and kate as well they can get into the match and have the reactions that any of us would have watching it yeah i think they're they're quite used to it now but you know, they work in tandem talking about the children working in tandem with each other they're very very used to the cameras being there but i think when it's a bigger event like that as it was when we saw them at the queen's funeral whether it's a jubilee or the, the coronation they're just used to dealing with that and i mean that is an awful lot of pressure isn't it when you're a young uh person child of that age i mean they're, they're still very very young um but they just i suppose it's part of their life isn't it it's not like you or i being at a big event where we've had cameras thrust in our face they've uh they've they've had an awful lot of time to get used to it i know you're also seeing it with prince louis i mean prince louis five he's he's getting used to being in that arena wherever it's the uh the jubilee or being on the balcony or the the the, the the concert for the jubilee as well it's uh it's um yeah it's an it's an interesting life isn't it but i think they do work rather well 
Um, poor, poor Prince Louis wasn't allowed to go. I sort of understand, I guess, given that you know Charlotte hasn't been yet, and whether he'd have whether he'd have stuck out four hours quite so patiently. But he's been no. practicing being a ball boy, and you know, like it's it's, a, his brother it's and sister will be lording it over him. I bet they will. Yeah, it's a lord. I mean, yeah, would he would he get it at five? I'm not sure. He probably. She said he was quite upset not to have gone. I mean, fair enough. But that is a long old day. That's not just like a little walk round uh, round the grounds at Wimbledon, is it? That's got to got to sit and watch the tennis, and uh, that's that's probably not not the place for a five year old. I reckon. No, and some quite uh, sweet things from from backstage or behind the scenes as well. Charlotte was, looked a little, slightly shyer um, back there doing the hellos and things with mum backstage. Um, Russell, your verdict on Kate's three Wimbledon outfits. What, what's your? How would you describe them? Russell does Ooh, fashion. Three? Well, I know of two. What's you know the third? Two. Well, she went. She went in week one, didn't she? In a look that oh, was yes. described by Summers. Go on. You, so there was, was there was a blazer and uh, and floaty skirt number and then there were the two from the from the weekend which one well just tell us tell us about the ones that you think that you that have stuck in your mind uh well the 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 green i mean green dress i probably should have uh, had a bit more information about what they are but i, I trust you i've that. got the information i just want I your, mean, only, your like only hot fashion kate, take only kate could wear that green dress right it was it's like a the, there's a you there are no unforgiving flattering uh angles i should say if it was anyone but kate wearing that bigger dress, hugging perhaps bigger hugging is perhaps hugging. the right language yes. um and the, light, classic. The, light, the light the light green where's the where's where was the light green one from that was quite nice the one from saturday so that was self-portrait so that one russell this might blow your mind that was a dress it was not a jacket and a skirt it is a one piece it's like an illusion that looks like it's two pieces separate and it was a sort of a pedestal yellow bright green and again you know i think you do have to be royal probably to wear that and it's quite weird because it's that sort of boucle fabric which can feel i don't know it gives the impression of being i don't know a bit old-fashioned and a bit granny in some ways or well, definitely a bit hot but it was quite windy yeah. on saturday so probably not not the hottest men's uh women's final that there has ever been but yeah do her her block color green roller bore dress with the ruffle so i was i'd um i've been visiting a friend on sunday listening to it on the radio coming back and then my husband was watching it and i came in and you could see you know the court and then the royal box at the far end and there was this sort of bold green block and I've got no idea what Kate was wearing it's like that has got to be Kate because it's the biggest brightest colour it's like standing out um and she's she's there to be she knows she's there to be seen she is part of the um I don't know part of the excitement of that of that final now and um yeah so the and the first outfit was um I like the fact it was described as umpire sheep for her sort of blazer very nice very nice but the thing I thought she was wearing four-inch stiletto heels for that match on Sunday, so four hours in four-inch stilettos, and I don't think you can just slip them off like under the under the table because it'd be warm and your feet would get a bit. It'd be a struggle to get them back on again. That's why you don't take your shoes off on flights, isn't it? Yeah, but you don't tend to. Well, I mean, Kate probably does wear four-inch stiletto heels on flights, but anyway, if she, anyway, fair play to her. It was a great match to see, <laughs> and um, I think so. One of the one of her jobs probably going forward is that classic thing of consoling consoling the runner up, and she did really take some time with the women's final on um, on Saturday to sort of I don't know 
try to cheer up or or sympathise with Ange Joubert, who's who lost the final for a second year running. It wasn't quite Duchess of Kent and Jana Novotna levels of um, of upset and hugging, but definitely. Um, well, she's know, lost. She's lost three finals now, hasn't she? It's, uh, and she was lost the lost the final last year and has what lost another Grand Slam final. But yeah, I'm, she's that good. It it will be her day, very very and- soon. One would think. One of the things that got people talking was that Kate seemed to miss out one of the ball boys when she did the well, did the lineup on um well, on you, the Sunday. She, she did, no, she went from one to the, she on the Sunday. I saw that, and she pretty much went to every other ball boy or girl. Every other one alternated. Yeah, so she's not missing one out. You can't. I mean, no. How long has she got? She's not going to be there for the. That's all right. My email's so going off. Slightly unfair. Uh, unfair calling out about but yeah 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 yeah. a great tournament um and lovely well great ending it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh with those new winners and whether they'll be back again next year well Al- uh, alcaraz well Prince i mean this- louis to enjoy let's hope yes i'm sure i'm sure maybe um, next year louis was allowed out though to the air show on friday well i liked this because this was a well they say it was a um last minute decision i'm not so sure how last minute it would be with 300 of the world's media and thousands of people gathered for such a huge huge event but um the the, the powers that be at the palace said it was a last minute last minute decision and um i liked the sort of the sort of subtlety of the fact that they didn't make a big deal of it perhaps and because it was the aircraft that had transported the late queen's body from scotland back to england and that they were um, that they were making a sort of family affair of it, and whether the children would have necessarily been aware of it, um, I'm sure they would have told them. It was quite. That's maybe why they why they went to go and see that particular aircraft and uh, and had that photo call at the Royal Air Tattoo. Wasn't great weather, was it? Although you know, weather weather update. We're having some terrible weather here, but it's a it's a Dante's Inferno if you go anywhere in Europe. Well, and America's pretty hot as well. So yeah, I think I'd rather have our wind and wind, wind and rain than being baked alive. So yes, drink lots of water if you're listening to us and it's warm, um, and look after yourselves, please. So uh, take care. Um, yeah, so it's a nice. I think they tend to try and go to one of the air shows in the summer, don't they? They sort of mix it up, and it's a, a favorite thing. So we know we know they all love watching the fly past and the planes. And I mean, let's face it, even if that plane had not been the one that carried the queen's coffin it is pretty spectacular and if you're a small person getting to go explore it that would be a very exciting exciting thing well i liked all the puns as well getting the summer holidays off to a flying start you know that's like another one favorite one this it was it's it's something that is is embedded into the car- into the calendars isn't it when you talk about what the the royal family like to do there's uh there's certainly going to things at Scotland Week, which they go and see all the cable toss cable tossing and what have you. Then we've got the Balmorals coming up, Royal Air tattoos and uh and military fly pass and air shows are, are certainly one of them. And like, you know, it's gonna be quite quiet in a couple of weeks, isn't it? So it's it's one of the last times we're probably gonna see all the all the family together. Um one story that came out over the weekend was whether George will or won't or will be required to or not do a stint in the military um so obviously william did uh charles did like it is a it's a royal tradition particularly for the monarch i guess to 
have a military career or at least spend some time in the military before, because they will be the commander of the armed forces when they are the sovereign. Um, what do you make of the debate, I guess? Well, yeah, it's, well, it is a debate, isn't it? I mean, you look at the, the, the lineage, as it were, his father, grandfather, great-grandmother, great-grandfather, and you look at the options that are normally uh, available to um, to the mon- to the future monarch, I suppose, and and senior members of the royal family, because you've got also Princess Anne, the Duke of York. Um, it's something that is embedded within the family, and to be able to have extra choices, I suppose, is something that probably hasn't been considered. It's that's like that's what you're doing. That's where you're going. Oh, and and his uncle, of course, Prince Harry. Um, and it's part of the fabric of the monarchy's relationship with the country. And especially when you're going to one day be commander in chief, you should have served within the military. I I do think George will end up going into the military at some point. I think that there is an expectation, not only from the family overall, but from the country that, Somebody who's going to be the monarch, king or queen of this country should have served in the armed forces. Because when I say you are going to be commander in chief, it's important to have that reverence and respect for the armed forces and the job that they do. So I don't think that this story necessarily or this issue is as clear cut as, oh, will he, won't he? Will he be given the option? I think I think there's an expectation that he will he will go. I mean, you, we're seeing him already looking around Eton School. Um, that's something that I think will happen. Um, and from then, you know, going to Sandhurst, he won't necessarily have a, perhaps a long illustrious career in the military. Um, but it is very important for him to have that association. So, I'm putting my colours to the mast with this one, and I do think he will end up serving. They are a forces family in some ways, you know, not maybe a forces family like so many others are where it is actually their career and their, you know, their livelihood and their commitment. But there is it is ingrained within the family and it is a sort of a normal thing to do. I mean, I think I think at a really basic level at the moment, Prince George loves aeroplanes. And what better way is there for him to like learn to fly aeroplanes or helicopters like his daddy than go into the military and get to get paid to do it and do it for your job how interesting is this literally in the last few seconds into my inbox there is a breaking new news U- breaking news very much so a uh, new yougov poll that says britons are divided on whether members of the royal family directly in line to the throne should serve in the armed forces so it is it is split exactly down the middle or thirds as it is as it were rather um a third of britons say that members of the royal family who are directly in line for the throne should be expected to serve however a similar number 33% believe the opposite said that they should not be expected and a further third said that they don't know so mm. it's as clear cut as uh, as mud because <laughs> I, I I think I think they should serve, and I think that the royal family and the sorry the armed forces would expect them to serve because how can you be the commander in chief and um, walk the line of the the uh, the guards of honour with foreign dignitaries like we saw uh, the king do with President Biden just last week? How can you do all of this without 
without feel it without a feeling of what it's like to be in the armed forces. It's not just that though, because fine, it's it would be government that would make the decision to deploy troops to places, but they would be going in the well, it was the Queen's now the in King's the name of the name. King. Yes, yes. And yes. so you are essentially, albeit via your Prime Minister, asking people to go put their lives on the line for you and King and country. And so at a sort of a I think from that aspect i think it is actually i think it is actually really important yeah i think but equally i can see that william and kate as parents are keen for their children to be themselves and live their lives and you know if george grew up and was like absolutely i cannot do this i don't think that this is right it's not you know it's not good for me it's not the right thing i should do an environmental project or something instead I could see them being willing to have that conversation because like finding a way to work through it rather than just be like, no, you must go and fly helicopters and it must be this specific thing, but like to try and find a a path through it, it rather than just being like, nope, that's it done. You have to go. That's the way it is. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I absolutely know what you mean. And I think people do respect that, that they're trying to give their children as normal of an upbringing as possible. However, I think that there are certain elements of the business, as in the family business, the firm, that are expected with that relationship of monarchy and country that they should adhere to. And um, nobody's asking said child to have their life mapped out completely in front of them. But if, if the monarchy is going to survive, then it's a very, very important aspect of the, as you said, the relationship or the relationship asking men and women to go and serve in wars when they are swearing allegiance to a person that doesn't necessarily want to serve in the military and it's got nothing to do whether it is george making that decision or not it is what should be um mapped out in in front of them but life might be pretty different in 50 years time right and yeah it's 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 a conversation for uh for another decade, perhaps. Do you, you mentioned about George looking around Eton, the family looking around mm. Eton. Do you think George will be a boarder? Do you think he will go to boarding school? Or do you think he will be a day pupil wherever he ends up? Mm. Well, that very much depends on sort of the, what, the, what the other children are doing. And but I think a weekly boarder. Come home, go home for the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think... Um, I think I think that's what will happen. Uh, but again, board, we, we don't know to, for all for all we George seems like a very nice, sweet young man who is very uh, a part of a nice, um, nice sweet family, and very very different to families that have gone before him. And I think that William and Kate, from again from speaking to people who know them very well they are still very, very keen on fostering this family network that is absolutely integral to how they are as people and what they see their family family first. Because by giving your children the best opportunity to succeed as people, not necessarily in the military, but in a job, in a career, but being kind and a decent person and having a decent family life that is what is really important to them and if it is the right choice for one child and not the other 
that's all you want for your children, isn't it? It, it, it then no, there's no set mode for all kids, and I think that that's probably what the royal family have done for decades, if not centuries. Right, you're going to that school, then you're going to this school, then you're going into the military, and that's what you're going to do with your life. Whereas they very, very much have a different outlook on it. And that is certainly commendable because there's a lot of pressure on their shoulders, isn't there? And even more so these days with the fact that there is a much more slimmed down monarchy and more pressure on down the track on their children, one would, one would think. But I think all, all if you give them a range of options, then that's all you can do as parents, isn't it? Absolutely. So what else has been going on? Oh, it was Camilla's birthday on Monday. So she had she had her first round of gun salutes because she's now the Queen. So she got some, uh, well, first round of gun salutes is Queen, certainly. So celebrating her her birthday. And in, I mean, it's got to be one of the most ridiculous traditions, the swan-upping that happened the same day. Uh, I must I must admit, it's, it, it, it always passes me by, the swan-upping. But I know you're you're certainly keen. Well, it, it happens really quite close to where I am. Unfortunately, my husband and I we were both working, so we didn't, couldn't go down and start having a look. But they basically, they fish all the swans out of the Thames. And they and just count, count, they count, count them. them. They, yes, but they, yes, yes. it's now kind of, you know, they put it as like, uh, what's the word, supporting wildlife. And they check that they're all okay. And I think they ring them and tag them and monitor them. But we did our own supporting of wildlife on Monday. We rescued a hedgehog from the garden and took it to did the rescue centre because it was a baby hedgehog that was looking a bit sad. We thought it needed a bit of help. So, Well, I'm, we I'm just reading, actually, that this isn't, you know, very, envi- very, it's uh, environmentally conscious, which we're all here for, but it's an 800-year-old tradition that used to see a member of the uh, royal family and several swan uppers on the Royal Thames, on, on, on the River Thames, rather, on a five-day journey, rounding up all the swans to check their health. I'm not sure the but, king or queen is in the in the boat these these years, no. but uh, it's but still the, it's still, a, it's still a, obviously um, a commendable it, practice. They posted a they showed a video on uh, the royal family Instagram, which has got like a a, a nice boat, a, a man in sort of boating outfit, and it's got a great big uh, crest, you know, flying from the back, the royal insignia. It looks really, it looks very grand actually. It's very nice, but um, I suspect, hopefully, well, I hope the king got got his queen a very nice birthday present, and it sounds like he does take care of these things because there was an interview with um with Sarah Parker Sarah Parker Bowles, the ex wife of Camilla's son. In the Sunday Times at the uh, the Times at the weekend, which was a really good read, um, and she she was a bit surprised. She got a, a note saying uh, or a message saying, you know, the king would like to know what Lola wants for her birthday earlier in the year, and it's just that sort of change of uh, learning that her child's step granddad is now um, is now the king. Just how it's all a bit mm. all a bit different. And um, talking about Camilla having been quite nervous at the coronation and. Um, you know, it's not her being the human face of the royal family because she's not part of it. You need those outsiders, really. Uh, so, and she, that she wanted the people that she loved around her, which she did. So, Sarah Parker Bowles' son was one of the pages, and she was very much keeping her eyes on him. Apparently, he did a little wave at her when he wasn't meant to, which is very cute. So, that was that. Um, happy anniversary to Beatrice and Edo. Three years. Leather. Leather for is it um, leather. Leather. I got the husband some belts, I think. Not very imaginative. He got us a lovely guest book. Oh, that's very nice. I have no idea what I got, actually. Leather. 
So mm. there we go. If you've had any inter- interesting uh, anniversary presents, then please do send us details on the Instagram at Pod. Oh, I told you. Inter- I, I told you what my wife bought me for year one was I. I, paper. I Remind yeah, I us. Pa- well, I didn't do paper, and it was I forgot about all that, and I bought her a very nice pair of earrings, and she got me a toilet roll. Excellent. My name on Loving it. your work, Mrs. Myers. <laughs> who would who would Mrs. Myers have been going giddy about in the Royal Box? Daniel Craig or James Norton? Oh God, James Norton, absolutely big fan. I mean, I've heard his name banded around um, this next house. James Bond. They keep talking about it a as lot, well. a lot, yeah, a lot. Oh dear, oh dear, Russell. Right, okay. What else have we got to look at? Um, oh yeah, so there were some lovely messages actually that Edo and Sarah Ferguson shared on on the third anniversary of their lockdown wedding. Doesn't it all yeah. feel quite a long time ago? All of that. Oh stuff? God, yeah. I mean, like not a like a different universe away. I'm thankfully, thankfully. One of the, uh, the 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 pictures of the of the COVID lockdowns was of of course. The late Queen and Prince Philip standing at the opposite end of the church door. It was, do you remember the, when they had to be socially distanced for the photographs? And uh, it was it was beautiful in the church in Windsor. And um, and she was a, she was a beautiful bride actually, wasn't she? Yeah. So Edo shared a lovely message. Uh, she had a picture of Beatrice looking very glamorous. I think it's a day out at the races, probably probably from Ascot. But happy wedding anniversary to the most beautiful wife in the world. I am so grateful for every moment we have shared every challenge we have overcome and every dream we have pursued together. I love you more than words can say, and I can't wait to celebrate many more anniversaries with you. And he shared a couple of pictures from their wedding day that we've not seen before as well, sort of a close-up on her ring and the flowers. It was all very lovely. And Sarah Ferguson, who, as we know, I mean, she wears her heart on her sleeve and shares it with us all, and we totally love it. So her message was also very lovely. She said, happy anniversary to my magical daughter and wonderful son-in-law. You are the most amazing parents to my beautiful grandchildren. Your love knows no bounds as your mother Beatrice it warms my heart and gives me peace knowing you've got your fairy tale I think that's you know it's a lovely message it's also a little bit like oh because her you know her her romantic life has been a little bit challenging although again she sort of maybe it's not the fairy tale but she and Andrew seem to have a nice life together albeit he has his own challenges which have complicated hers Anyway, complicated families, mm, but glad mm. that Beatrice and Edo are having a lovely time and hope they had a very special celebration. Or at least Edo definitely remembered the tour's wedding anniversary. So public proof of that. Um, Russell, have you been to Buckingham Palace? Oh, Did you go to the summer opening? Yes. Of the... Tell us about it. Many times. Well, I went to, um, uh, yes, I went to Buckingham Palace Recently. last week. Yeah, last I mean, week. recently, since we well, spoke, no, I did. Well, I did because I went. I actually went to the um, the coronation display, all the robes uh, that have been put in display in the um, in the dining room. Tell and, us about it. Oh, it's fantastic! If you get the chance to go, I think it's probably about thirty thirty forty quid, and you get to go into the main dining room, the state dining room, and is all in in all its glory, both the robes and the outfits both the king and queen wore very nice pair of buckled shoes that Charles wore because he didn't wear all the bre- the stockings and the be- breeches but I, I didn't see his, sh- his shoes on the day they were like an old school town crier's sort of patent leather shoes with gold buckle but you'll get to see all the jewellery that was made the intricate stitching on the queen's 
dress that was made. Um, I mean, just incredible embroidery by the school of Royal School Needlework. And it's well worth it because you can go from the state dining room into the drawing rooms um, and uh, and have a bit of a wander around. And you can see the, the, the throne room as well. And, I mean, Buckingham Palace is just a phenomenal building. I was speaking to someone who, who somebody who'd worked there for 15 years and they still said that they, you know, had to check themselves sometimes to find out where they were going because it is just a rabbit warren of a, of a maze of corridors and what have you. So it's well worth going to see because once you sort of see it on the inside, you got it's breathtaking. The buses. Somebody told me a very interesting fact. How many double decker buses do you think can fit in the state dining room? In the state dining gonna, room. I'm going to yeah. go for 12. Well, I said 17. Uh, Double decker. I'm going to look this up because I'm going to get. But somebody said it's thirty-four. That's a lot. That does seem a lot. Is that because it? it's got very high ceilings? How many, how many double got, deckers in, can you stack on top of each other? It's got two. In, oh no, this can't be right. This can't be right. The staterooms. Oh, this is all with the staterooms. Eighty-four double decker buses. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty big. Don't get me wrong. It is absolutely massive. But um, you can just see, I mean, it's just phenomenal. And this is what they're all doing with the with the uh, the refit, isn't it? Over the last t- t- over the next 10 years or seven years left now. Um, it's it's a phenomenal place. And certainly you should you should go and see it if you have the opportunity. So thanks for my invitation, Russell. Um, next time I will. <laughs> you have to yes, I will. I'll bring you along. You're my plus, Please. I will. You've been my plus one. You can be. Sure promise. Only joking. You're allowed days out on your own as well. But um, I think is there anything else from Royal Lands that we have to come up looking at, looking forward to? Because it's sort of I don't know. Wimbledon's done. We're sort of getting in towards the end of the school term, and it's heading heading to holiday season. There is, but not just yet. There's a couple of things embargoed, which I can't really discuss with you, but Please. there's two, two things um, next, yeah, early next week. And then I think it will wind down now. The children will be off uh, from school and then we'll see them gathering up in Balmoral. But we probably won't see them a lot over, over August. So they might pop up here and there. You know, sometimes we do see the uh, the Waleses, as they are now um, in the summer months, whether they'll be in Norfolk, they might do something in Norfolk before they go up to Balmoral. So I, de- I definitely think we'll uh, we'll see them once or twice. Okay. Well, before we finish, Russell, we're just going to catch up on my interview with Greg Martin, who is a photographer down in the southwest, who joined Charles and Camilla on their day out in St Ives last week. So I would like to welcome to Pod Save the King photojournalist Greg Martin, who is based down in the deep southwest in the most fabulous place, which is Cornwall, where I am from. Um, so he's a photojournalist for Cornwall Live, our sister title down there. So Greg, so lovely to have you with us. Thank you very much for having me, Anne. Great to be here. Um, and I noticed, because I follow Greg on Facebook, that he was there photographing the King's first visit to Cornwall since, well, since no longer being Duke of Cornwall, but becoming King of the whole country. Um, so he and Camilla visited uh, St Ives and St Column last week. And um, yes, tell us tell us about the day, which bits you were at and, and what it was all like. 
Yeah, well, it's uh, it, it it was a great day. It's it's always I always really enjoy royal visits actually because there's such a a, a buzz with photographing them, especially um, like we had the other day with with Charles and Camilla when there's a lot of public interaction. Um, it makes great photos, but it's all it's also extremely challenging. Um, but there's always a really good atmosphere. So you kind of you feed off that as a as a photographer right in the middle of it. Um we we're quite used to having uh, Charles and Camilla come and visit Cornwall, but as you say, this was their first time, uh, their first official visit as king and queen. So it was uh it was there was definitely a lot more excitement around that. It did feel different. It did, yeah. And it, you know, I was at the, um, so we get sent a list of engagements, which is what they're going to be doing on that particular day. And we apply for accreditation to 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 basically be allowed into this small little pack of photographers that can um, be at that certain engagement. And so with, I, I went for, uh, them visiting St Ives uh, down in West Cornwall because it's just so picturesque and uh, I knew that that was going to be one where there was going to be a lot of public there so yeah I was I was there for that one. So they were down there they went to the Barbara Hepworth Gallery I think the uh, choristers from Truro Cathedral um, performed um, some different parts they, they, they sort of did lots of different things around the town I think as well so were you running about chasing after them or did you have one particular bit that you were focused on? Yeah no it, actually it's quite unusual um, in that this time um, uh, as the, the the people on the the Royal Rota so within that small group um we were given engage two engagements, um, both in St Ives. So they started at the Barbara Hepworth um, Museum Sculpture Garden, and from there they walked down through the the cobbled streets of St Ives down to meet the public on the, on the harbour there. So it was um, two engagements, both quite different because um, at the at the first one at the Barbara Hepworth Museum. It's quite a tight space and it's a, a you know it's a, a private engagement there with them meeting various uh, dignitaries and art local artists and Barbara Hepworth's granddaughter I think it was who was there um so so really interesting but quite a tight space to to work in there but lots of photo opportunities for us um for people who who who, who don't know how it works basically when you when you're given accreditation to to go and photograph one of these events you you turn up nice and early and looking looking your smartest of course and you you're basically taken around the whole um route that that the the royals are going to walk um and on on the way you you kind of discuss what photo opportunities you might get and and your kind of wish list of oh wouldn't it be amazing if they were to just stop here for two seconds or if they turned here wouldn't that make a lovely photo and then you 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 kind of hope that that maybe they'll let you do that at the time but when it comes to it things things can change 
<laughs> and, and go completely different. So you, you never know. And of course, the difference is when you when you walk around in this very sort of um, calm manner uh, the first time, you're walking forwards. And then when it comes to photographing the royals, you do the whole thing walking backwards. Brilliant. So like a, a lady ballroom dancer going exactly. back. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm not so sure. Uh, yeah, not, not quite as uh, as graceful. So what were your favourite moments and favourite shots that you managed to capture last week then? Well, you know, when uh, anyone who knows Barbara Hepworth's work will, will know that there are the her sculptures uh, some of the more famous ones have got these um these apertures these these sort of big holes in the middle of these stone sculptures so that was almost an obvious one to try and get to try and capture them through one of these sculptures um so so we we managed to to kind of get that on a couple of occasions um there and 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 did manage to get one with with both of them looking looking through one of them so that that was quite a nice picture that we had that was on our at the top of our wish list as it were um and, and we and we pretty much got what we were we were after there um but then really it's uh the, the other ones are, are are photos that you just can't predict it's 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 the interaction with the public and you you don't really know where they're going to to stop who they're going to speak to and how the public are going to react so um yeah any any kind of any of those photos I, I always really like because they're extremely hard to get as well um you, you know you as I say you're walking backwards there's a lot of security uh, at those moments and you have to keep a a certain distance away um so uh, for a lot of that time you'll get it's it's very difficult to get a clean shot you'll have security coming and going in in front of you and moving you back uh, yeah thank so, goodness so for digital catch, cameras so yeah yeah i mean it would be to do the, the hats off to to all those uh royal photographers who who did it on film in the past because you would have to be changing the roles quite quite a lot and what what was the sort of the reaction and the mood and the atmosphere of people in in the town? Well, I you know I just think there's there seems to be a, a huge amount of support at at these um, more recent events. I think with with the royals, so I it, for me it, it seemed to change. Um, last year i think when um charles and camilla came to cornwall um they uh, for a few different uh visits they were they went to the royal cornwall show which is a, a sort of the, the cornwall's biggest country show and for that one uh charles was then prince charles was just walking around he just wanted to see all the public and and it was a very, uh, the, you know, there the weren't any fences keeping the public back or anything like that. It must have been an absolute nightmare for the security. But it was a very happy, joyful event in that there was so much smiling and people were, you know, really wanted to 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 go and say hello to him. They were, 
you know, very happy to see him. Um, and he seemed to be really enjoying it, especially the the interacting with the public. And that continued on. There was uh, they also went to to uh, Mausel, and they went to and uh, where was it? Launceston, I think it was as well, where it absolutely bucketed down with rain, and there was just everyone was just so happy to be standing out in the rain meeting them and and Charles and Camilla were just beaming um so that since then I think they've seemed to really enjoy the 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 public interaction and there's as as they walked down this time through St Ives there was lots of shouts of God save the king and all of this sort of thing so it's a very uh it was a very positive event in that sense. Especially that, and like Cornwall does get quite a lot of visits from the royals. I guess particularly Charles and Camilla over the years, and she was, of course, you know, she was known as Duchess of Cornwall. That was the title that was her, that was her working title until she became queen. And um, the now Prince and Princess of Wales and Duke and Duchess of Cornwall, William and Kate, you know, they knew that they were going to inherit those roles in, in due course obviously they enjoy holidaying on silly and things as well so um but they've been fairly regular visitors to to Cornwall I think over the years are there any um do you remember your first royal event that you that you covered as a photographer and which that one which one that would have been or any others that sort of stand out as um particularly good oh visits or particularly great photos that you're just like oh yeah this is this is one for my ongoing portfolio a keeper um I do you know i don't know i don't know if i can remember which one the the first one there was a several years ago um then prince charles uh, came to visit penzance actually where i where i live and he um went to jubilee pool because it'd been uh, it'd been damaged during uh, the storm in 2014 and i think it it'd been over a, a couple of years it had all been um renovated beautifully and 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 and, and put back t- together and uh he kind of came and did a although it had already been open he kind of came and did a, a, a bit of a official reopening i I, th- I think that's what the the visit was for um I'm trying to remember now but it was a beautiful sunshine and it was it, i mean it was actually baking hot it was a bit too hot to be wearing a a, a, a jacket and everything but um uh it was just yeah a, a lovely event and to see him kind of walking around in between these uh women in uh union jack swimsuits and all of this sort of it was just great for photos it was really good fun and of course because it was in Penzance most pretty much everyone he was speaking to I knew so it was it was very exciting from that sense as well Oh, lovely. And um, who, who's your favourite royal to photograph? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I tell you, Camilla is great at um, working with photographers, and I don't know. I, that's probably the wrong way to to say it because she doesn't. It, but she she's got an awareness of photographers and what will make a good photo. And and I actually think she's very photogenic as well. Um, so she, I, she she's very 
very good to work with in, in that sense. Obviously, um, William and Kate, are, when I photograph them, they, they tend to be, when they're together, they always come across as very relaxed and that's lovely as well. Um, when you're photographing people because it makes for nice photos and especially when if you've got the opportunity to to kind of be in fairly close to them because they they always seem to have um nice little rapport moments with each other that are, they seem you know quite personal moments amongst these huge big events they might kind of just quietly have a little uh joke or something about what's what's happening around them so that's yeah. always nice to see as well yeah that's definitely something that royal fans always like to look out for those uh those looks between the two of them and um, greg so lovely to hear from you today um listeners can check out greg's pictures on cornwall live and what's your your facebook you are are you greg martin photo on facebook is that your, uh, uh... greg martin photojournalist yeah yeah so check Greg out for lovely pictures of royals, nature and fabulous, fabulous Cornwall. So, Greg, thanks so much for joining us today and um, might get you back next time the royals are in town. Thanks for having me on. So it was really great to catch up with Greg and obviously lovely to catch up with Russell. And I think, Russell, probably this is our last little catch up before the summer holidays. And then we will. So we've got an episode next week. The much trailed, long awaited updates from Northern Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. But then after that, we're going to have a little break. Russell's going to be allowed a rest. And we will. <laughs> well, it's well, been a busy couple of years, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot. There's been a lot going on. There's been a lot going on. But we're going to take a little break, make some big plans, and come back and um, wow you with them in September. But make sure you do uh, do check out next week's episode because it it will be a good one. And I hope you will enjoy it. And make sure you are subscribed to the show because then as soon as we are back recording, you will be able to catch up with the latest episode, Russell's latest adventures, the Royals' latest adventures. And, um, and do keep in touch on Instagram in the meantime at Podsafe. I have to say, I check that rather more than I check the Twitter these days. But you can also... Email if you want to. I'm Anne.Gripper at mirror.co.uk. Um, Russell, have a lovely summer. Thank you. And you too. I will. Uh, well, let's come back refreshed, refreshed, raring to go. And lots to look forward to in the autumn, which Russell also can't tell us about yet. But that will come in due course. Listeners, enjoy your summer. Enjoy next week's episodes. Um, keep in touch on Instagram. And until next time. Pod save the king.